Keeping your cards close to your chest is a poker term, but it also refers to real life. You don't like to share everything about you or those little intrinsic values, but maybe you do. I'm asking everyone this episode, what are some things that no one knows about you? Here on Behind Every Story. What's up, everyone? My name's Jason, and this is Behind Every Story. If this is your first time with us, let me explain what's happening. I love stories. Sure, I love the narrative stories of comic books and films and songs and jokes, but I love hearing real people's stories. Like when I go on road trips, one of my favorite things to do is to find a bar or a restaurant or something and just talk to people. Hearing their stories makes it feel like the world is actually full of magic. This show is the proverbial director's commentary on the movie of life. This is episode number 38 of 50 of the COVID-50. Before we begin, a note of warning. The topics we explore on the show may not be suitable for all listeners. This podcast deals with real people and real stories. These stories may contain and deal with graphic language, adult themes, sexual content, and violence. Listener discretion is advised. This weekend, we're discussing what is something that most people or no one knows about you. And this is kind of hard because I think the older we get in our life, the more we just don't care what people think of us. And I think that's always been kind of the mark of being cool is that you don't care. The more you do care about what someone thinks about you, the more you're on edge, the more you're gardening, the more you don't really open up. But when you actually get to that point of being able to open up to someone, it is a beautiful thing. What's even more than that is when you can open up to everybody and just be yourself all the time. But that also foregoes the idea that you have things that no one knows. But then again, maybe we all do keep a secret or two. For instance, I like to think that we all kind of talk to ourselves, right? Do you talk to yourself? There was a recent study that was done that a grand majority, I think it was like 78 or 80% of people talk to themselves, whether verbally or inside their own head. And if you have that interior dialogue, that inner dialogue, you have speak, uh, speaking patterns. You talk to yourself how you talk. However, I find that when I talk to myself, when I have a conversation with myself, I always speak in the manner of we. It's never, I have to go to the store today. I have to get some work done. And then I have to cook dinner. And it's never, you should go to the store today. You should get some work done and you should cook dinner. Instead, the way I talk to myself is like this, we need to go to the store today. And then instead of just going on to the next element, it's like I answer back before I go on to the next note. So I'll, I'll say something like, we need to go to the store today. Oh, and by the way, we should pick up something at the gas station too, like a treat or something for my wife. Mm, good point. 
we should also get some work done today. Well, we do need to get that one thing off our plate before we move on to that other project. Okay, let's do that, and then we'll move on to dinner, and dinner will be at 6 o'clock. Let's make it 6.30. I, I bounce back and forth like that. And in one of my previous episodes, what do I do when uh, no one else is home and no one will find out? I have arguments. And this is kind of how it goes down. When I speak in the we format, it makes me feel like I'm talking to someone else, but it also makes me feel a little awkward when I realize what I'm doing. And when my wife first pointed this out to me, I never realized I did this, but I was thinking back to, a very young age. My first thought was, I speak like this because, well, I'm home alone 80% of my day because I own my own business and I'm a sole profiteer. Uh, Am I saying that right? Probably not. Don't care. Let's move on. Uh, I sit at home, I edit or I go do video, but I'm alone the grand majority of my day. So I was wondering, maybe I started saying we to kind of not make myself feel so alone. But that's not the case, because I remember talking like this younger. I remember talking like this in college, in high school. When I was alone, I would talk to myself in like a we format, or let's do this, or us. It's not just me. So that's something, uh, while I wouldn't say no one knows, definitely not a lot of people do. And now you do. To be honest, for a while, I was very self-aware of this and nervous to bring this up to anyone because maybe it meant I was going crazy or something was wrong with me, but eh, I don't really care. I like who I am. Uh, Something else that uh, not a lot of people know, probably only two or three really, is um, I have thought multiple times that I may have ADHD. Now, when I was a kid, I grew up in the 80s. This wasn't talked about. This wasn't even a thing to discuss or a possibility. So I've felt over the years that some of the things on the autism spectrum, um, being antisocial, not wanting to uh, look people in the eye or discuss things or being overly fascinated and obsessed with one thing where you learn everything about it and you disassociate with other things. I remember as a child, I would just be insanely over-obsessed with Legos, but not so much like playing with them, but like the structure and how they were built. And I would draw schematics of how they fit together and like the exact diameters and like the the inches and like the millimeters. And I, w- I would just make notes and notes about this because I was fascinated with this thing. And then as I got older, that turned into more artsy things like comic books and films. And I would just become obsessive over learning the details and the history and the all the knowledge from these things. And it was always in like a creative standpoint. Like I wasn't so much a fan of the actors. I was a fan of how things were made. And that always intrigued me. And I remember at this time, my dad would always pull me aside and say, oh, my dad and my mom, I don't want to single someone out. My parents would always pull me aside and say, you need to act normal. You need to go like sports. You need to go interact with people. And that was never a thing that I enjoyed to do. So when I started hearing about autism and ADD and ADHD, it piqued my interest because I was 
wondering if I was on the spectrum and I had just hit it and worked past it or something like that, or maybe just a minute amount. And I know this is this seems the self-diagnosable thing, and I'm not a fan of that, but it has been on my mind for a very long time. I took a lot of the online free tests, but I know they're bullshit. And I've always been scared to go get tested until recently when um, I tried Adderall for the first time. And I know if you don't have an affliction that requires you to use Adderall, it makes you super focused. It's a drug. And to be honest, I don't like drugs. I don't like not feeling like myself. But when I first took it, it is the first time since cell phones have been a major thing that I did not have a cell phone in my hand when I was driving, that I could just be, that I didn't have this constant fear and this constant weight of worry on my shoulders. It is the most I have felt like who I am, like who I really am in a very, very long time. And I'm nervous what that means. It didn't make me hyper-focused. It just allowed me to not constantly think that I was going to die today or someone I loved was going to die. And I'm constantly thinking that. There's never a moment where I don't think death is around the corner or something's going to fail or someone's going to be catastrophically hurt. And when I took this drug for the first time, it calmed me. So now... My goal for 2020 was to go see a doctor and to get diagnosed or just to talk to someone and explain what's happening and how I'm feeling. And that was the beginning of March is I had this all planned out. As soon as this giant job was done, I was going to jump on the doctor train and go talk to someone. Unfortunately, we all know how Things went down, and we are on lockdown. The pandemic happened, and I am not going to see a doctor anytime soon. Mostly because I'm not going to pay for this when I have zero money coming in during this time frame. So that's something that not a lot of people know about me. So we're going to take a quick break and hear from one of our sponsors. And when we come back, I'm going to ask everyone else, what's something that no one knows about you? If you enjoy storytelling or comics, I have an awesome idea for you. Hi, I'm Jason, the creator and narrator and storyteller of Behind Every Story. But did you know I also do a comic strip three times a week? Half-Hearted Headache is a slice-of-life comic that takes place in a small American town. In fact, it's my hometown of Elgin, Illinois. Half-Hearted Headache is a coming-of-age story that proves you don't have to be a teenager to still come of age. The story revolves around the slice-of-life happenings of a town and its people within, from normal everyday things like work to grandiose, mysterious things that are just on the horizon, including talking cats and ghosts. There's so much more happening at Half-Hearted Headache. Join us today over at halfheartedheadache.com or you can follow us on the very popular webcomic apps and 
web pages of tapas.io and webtoons.com. And if you like our comic, make sure you check out our Patreon, where there's some awesome rewards, including actually being in the comic itself. Check us out at Half-Hearted Headache. What is something that no one knows about you? I think there's a lot of things no one knows about me. I just wouldn't know. You know, and I think people know more about me than I think they do because I'm just as full of shit as the next person. (laughs) I know I like to say that I'm an introvert and stuff like that, but, you know. I can be the life of the party and yada, yada, yada. And I do love people. Don't tell no one. <laughs> I love people. They just disappoint me, which is such mm-hmm. a shitty thing to say, though. I mean, who am I to be disappointed? But it is what it is. That's that's where, you know, my struggle comes from. So, But as far as what nobody knows about me, I'm usually pretty much a... Uh, look, this is me. Uh, this is my story on my sleeve. I'll tell you whatever you want to know, unless I don't know it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's about as best as I could get for that one. We are Lauren and Ryan, and we are from Chicago, Illinois. No one knows. So uh, no one actually knows really that I'm a medium psychic. I actually keep it a big secret. Um, There are very select few people that I do tell because I run a really successful business. I'm always afraid that it's, it's not really looked at in a very positive way, especially in Illinois. Um, I'm afraid of judgment. I'm afraid mostly for my family because my family's very big Christians, very conservative. They look at me like I'm crazy. I've shared with my mom a few times. She's like, nope, that curse is lifted, whatever she yeah, wants her, to her say. Her mom views any type of uh, you know paranormal gifts as a curse on the family, mm-hmm. not, a, not, you know. Yeah. So, um, and I, I don't really share with clients, very select few friends because I just, I really just don't want people to look at me and judge me and say, Oh, Mm -hmm. she's, she's one of those weird ones with her crystals. Right. So what about you, babe? Uh, so something that, I mean, some people really, no one knows this is, um, so whereas Lauren's gift is more into the paranormal and the spirit side, my gift is more in the human side. So I'm actually, uh, empathic. Right. Mm -hmm. E-M-P-A-T-H-I-C. I I think that's spelled. So I'm an empath, which basically means I'm very in tune with human emotion and human energy so much so that I can uh, I can pick up on emotions in a room, uh, energies in a room. And I can kind of and I can feel what others are feeling. Um, I'm a you know, I'm I'm a very emotional man, um, more so certainly than than most. Uh, very in touch with my feelings and certainly in touch with the feelings of others around me. Uh, my mom has the gift of, of being an empath as well, but she's an animal empath where she can mm. sense and understand how animals feel just instantly. 
Um, so I, I have that human element and I think that's why like on the paranormal, paranormal side, I believe it. I'm just not as in tune with it. And it's just like, okay, you got something to tell me, tell me. Whereas Lauren just wants to tune in and understand. Uh, I'm more on the human side of that, right? I want to tune in and understand my, my human brethren. And, uh, and I do, so I can, I can walk into a room and somebody, uh, could be depressed and I, and I can find myself walking out or, or being in that room and feeling that state of being that state of mind, you know, that depression, mm -hmm. it can, it can overwhelm me to the point that I'll, I'll talk that, you know, I'll then start talking to people and I'll just, I, I won't come out directly and say, oh, I know you're depressed, but I'll kind of tap dance around it and explore and then validate, you know, that what I felt was in fact, how they felt. My name is Zach. I live in Fort Worth, Texas. Um, I don't have an answer for that, unfortunately. I mean, I'm pretty open with people. I like to talk because I think talking through things help me get through things. Um, a lot of people, I don't think, would have realized my type of personality would excel in the military or um, the amount of cannabis that I've smoked in my life, people would probably be shocked at that amount. Um, and a lot of people don't know that I kind of keep that to my quarter group. It's, you know, in society has become a little bit more open. So I'm a little bit more open to sharing my experience with that. Um, but for a long time, only a handful of people knew and I kept that private, you know, other than with, with my core group of friends. Cause I didn't, I didn't want to know people's reaction or how people felt, especially somewhere where, you know, having just a little bit in your pocket would give you a nice little fine and a few days in jail. So that's probably a big secret that people would be like, oh my God, he was a stoner. You're, you're kidding. Um, yeah, that's probably a big thing I would say. My name is Sean and I am from Chicago. Something that no one knows about me. Uh, I don't know, because I, I am a pretty open book. So when people like, like for right now, like you're asking me these questions and it's like, I there's very little hesitation that I'll have in order to like answer. So um, something that like no one knows about me. Um... I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I guess. Well, one thing is, um, I, I have a huge, I, I do have a huge respect for like meteorology. Now, when I was a kid, I did want to be a meteorologist, but realized that I didn't have the intellectual acumen to, uh, pursue through like science and like <laughs> math and whatnot. Um, so I did have a big, you know, after I had the imaginary world of being like, I want to be an astronaut. Like I like eventually like thought that I would want to be a weatherman and I like love weathermen. Um, and I like love to like definitely like watch thunderstorms and whatnot. I have like a big infatuation with it. Like the other night there was like that huge thunderstorm that came yeah. at like one thirty in the morning. I like woke up and went upstairs and like watched it for like a good hour before going back to sleep. So, um, that's probably one thing that people don't know me, but that's kind of basic. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to go like, trying to think something crazy. Um, 
Um, I yeah, I, I, I yeah, I, that's really good. Oh, okay, cool, <laughs> sweet. I'm trying to like I try to go crazier, but um, try and show. I I think the idea of you wanting to be a meteorologist is really sincere, and I didn't know that I. Like if you would have put that in a bowl with three hundred other guesses, that would never be fucking one of them. Oh, so. okay. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's definitely that's definitely one. Um, like I remember I met ABC News's weatherman Mike Kaplan when I was like in like seventh grade, and yeah. I, was, I like lost my shit. Did you uh, really? Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh my god. I was like, I watch you every day. Like, <laughs> uh, uh, um. So yeah, like that, that was like, that was like a huge, that was like a big thing when I was a kid. I, I, and I, and I remember it started because I went to a family reunion in, in Lake Geneva and then I was, um, I left with my, one of my second cousins that I was like, you were doing like a sleepover thing. So I was heading over to, uh, like with them in their car. And as we were driving back, there was a tornado forming. Um, and this was when I was like in fifth grade. And there was a tornado forming. And that was like the first time, obviously, that I've ever seen that. And it was just so powerful and intense. And like the way the sky looked and just like, it was just insane that I just became so infatuated with it. That like my notebook, like when I would doodle, I would just draw tornadoes. Like that was like my doodling was drawing tornadoes. And I used to just love doing that. It was like, it would calm me. So that's that. My name is M. I am from Chicago, Illinois. Um, I would think, okay, let's see. There is, um, I do this thing uh, where I can, um, uh, sometimes it's called maladaptive daydreaming because it can take over people's lives, but it's like I can create entire worlds in my head down to the tiniest detail. And I can see them and I could live in them and I can interact in them. And I don't think people know that about me. When did you start doing this? When I was disassociating as a child from my hell. So I just created the families I needed and created the worlds that I could live in safely. Do you still do this? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's amazing. Yeah. It's really cool. And it's, and it's evolved. So in so many ways, like it's really fascinating. Um, and actually Robin Molly didn't know until a couple of years ago. I don't think a year ago. Yeah. Not too long ago. And now they ask me a million questions. They'll be like, no, wait a second. When you do it, can you do this? <laughs> like it's, it's been kind of fun. Yeah. But the, it's, it's a really cool thing, but it can become, some something unhealthy um if people decide they'd rather live there you know what i mean but um but i just use it more as a way to fall asleep or something i don't know or if i'm if there's something i'm struggling with i can build it in that world you know fix it in that world have you found yourself having this be a disservice like you had just said, like you, you could people, if they want to live there, it would, it would hurt, hurt, hurt them. Mm -hmm. Have you found this happening to you? No, mm -mm. 
No, I really have just found it to be a really healthy tool. It got me through. Um, it got me through a lot. And when I struggle with the, um, you know, therapy and really healing, you know, trying to really tap into this trauma for the first time, um, uh, it's very helpful to be able to go, okay, you know what, I can, I can fix that there. I can go back and heal that there. I could see me as a little kid and go back and heal that or, so it's a really good tool for my healing, I think. My name is Rob and I am from the Midwest in America. Boy, I put myself out there so much. I mean, I think there'd be things that like people individually might be like, what? You did that? I mean, it happens every year when Jingle All the Way comes on and people find out I was in that movie. They're like, what? But there's a hell of a lot of people that know I was in that movie. Is there anything that's like hidden from the world that only like maybe Martha knows or maybe even Martha doesn't know? I don't think there's anything. I try to, I try to be authentic and... Like, if I like something really douchey, I like to, like, let people know. I'm not afraid to say it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know if there's something I really would shock people with or that I've got hidden. I, I don't even know if there's anything that, that, like, Martha would be like, what? You know, I, <laughs> I really don't. I think that if there was something that came up, it would be something that I've suppressed and didn't know myself. I think I'd be as shocked as anybody else at the time that I revealed it. (laughs) My name is John. I am from the west suburbs of Chicago. I don't know. I'm a pretty open guy. <laughs> um, I don't know if there is something, man. I don't know if there is something that nobody knows about me. Uh, uh, because I'm lucky enough that I have some close friends. So even the true dark things, like, they know. You know? Mm-hmm. They know. Uh I mean, I already talked about how I thought about killing myself, so don't get much darker than that, man. Hello, my name's Dan from Cambridge, UK. What's something that almost no one knows about you? I'm not bad at cooking. (laughs) (laughs) What do you like to cook? Fry-ups, pastory stuff. I'm on my way over. (laughs) What do you want written on your tombstone? Uh, Depends how I died. Those words? It depends how I died? No, no. (laughs) It depends how I died. will depend on what's written. So what would be your dream scenario? 
Um, well, I mean, if I die before the age of 80, and if I'm still living alone and haven't done anything, haven't managed to succeed in anything, then it will probably say, I tried. Uh, if I die with a family and everything, and with all of my dreams come true, then it's like, I won the game. You won the game? Yeah. Died with everything I was after. But who gets that really? I am Chris, and I am from Chicago. I think it's only a few people, mainly partners, romantic partners, mm. that get a chance to see me cry about things. And it's often about things that just touch my heart, mostly feel-good moments, whether it's in movies or maybe a song that speaks a lot to me. And so I feel like that's a part of me that no one except the people that share a bed with me get to see or find out. My name is Brett and I'm from Chicago, Illinois. Um, I had an argument with a lot of my friends. We were talking about some current socio and political things. And they were like, well, you feel that way because you're just this really cool, outgoing guy and you are confident and, you know, you're fairly wealthy and you just like have everything going for you. So you don't understand what it's like to be these other people. And I was like, no, I, I understand why you think that about me because that's a front that I'm able to put on, um, that confidence that, uh, you know, but I'm a neurotic mess inside. I second guess every move I make. I'm worried all the time. I'm anxious. I'm all that stuff. And so I think like just a lot of people don't know that because I, I don't let that show publicly all the time or a lot of the time or ever. My name is Mark Allen Fishman. I am from Homewood, Illinois. Hmm. This goes right into that secret territory, doesn't it? What is something that people don't know about me? Because, I mean, literally, I spill all the fun stuff out there about barbershops and comic books and all that other stuff. And it's all just a great, uh, a great ruse, right. For the secret kinks of Mark Fishman. Um, I wish there were some, <laughs> um, uh, let me see. Is there something that people don't know about me? Um, I tried carrying the lie that I met sting Rod Stewart and Brian Adams back when I was in like sixth, seventh grade. And I carried that lie and tried to believe in that lie 
for years. And I'm willing to admit now, at 38 years old, I did not meet Sting, Rod Stewart, and Brian Adams. Did you meet them all or did you quote unquote meet them all at the same time? Oh, I met them all at the same time. It was actually when they were promoting the Three Musketeers movie and they were mm-hmm. going out and performing All for Love. I won a contest, you see, and I got to meet them all backstage. And they're just like you, you, you knew they were. Rod Stewart was just like a big, you know, huge personality. And Brian Adams was just there for the ride. And, you know, Sting is just cool. <laughs> um, I don't really like to talk about it much. My name is Sarah, and I'm from a podunk town in Iowa. What's something that no one knows about you? Um, I have extra taste buds on my tongue. I was born with them. No, they don't help me taste any better. They're just extra pieces of skin, and they drive me nuts, and I don't know why on earth anyone would ever get a tongue ring. My name is Michael, and I'm in the Naperville area. So I said earlier in a podcast that I'm really scared of people taking my wealth. People, I think, understand it, but they don't understand to the extent that I've talked to lawyers and I've talked to people to block away my fortune because I know where I could be. And I see other people, like, for example, um, uh, Warren Buffett, not Warren Buffett, but another really, really in-depth, a billionaire, he put in a clause in his wedding that he would have to, that in order for her to get money, he she would have to be married to him for 60 years. The day after that happened, she took 70% of his wealth and threw it in the fucking toilet. And I fear and I hear those things and I realize that I need to find a girl who would love me from the top to the bottom. But money changes, motherfuckers. It really does. It's scary. My name is Brandon. I am from Elgin, Illinois. Well, my wife knows just about everything about me. Uh, If she doesn't, she should. Uh, I can't think of anything that nobody knows about me. Uh, I'm pretty transparent. I don't, there's not a lot. I, I, I can't think of anything I really do that I'm ashamed of. Uh, I mean, we all have that one incident where we're talking to somebody and we just derail. And for some reason, like our brain hardwires and we say just the most ridiculous things. And then we're, <laughs> we look back upon that moment with embarrassment. I mean, I have those, but um, I'm not ashamed of my hobbies. I'm not ashamed of, of what I do. Um, you know, I mean, heck when I, when I ran for local political office, I was on the radio show and, uh, they asked my guilty pleasure. And at the time it was watching WWE. And, uh, I, I not only proudly proclaimed it, uh, even though it's, it's just soap opera, <laughs> gymnastic soap opera for men. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I was able to actually explain how it relates to business. And I was kind of impressed with myself for that. But, you know, I, it's everything I do, somebody knows about. 
but I, I don't really do much alone. A lot of what I do, I want to enjoy with somebody. If I'm enjoy, if I'm having a whiskey, I want to enjoy it with somebody. If I'm smoking a cigar, I want to enjoy it with somebody. If I'm watching a sunset, I want to enjoy it with my wife. If I'm watching a movie, if I'm, um, you know, there's not a lot of things I do that are very solitary. Reading is, is one of the few things I do that's solitary. And even that, you know, my wife reads the same sorts of books I read. So if it's good, you know, especially if it's fantasy, she wants to read it. And then we can talk about it. You know, not having those things that I do alone, uh, you know, th- th- not really having any like, um, like things that are just like me that are doing it. There's, there's always somebody that knows about what I'm doing. So yeah, rambling answer. <laughs> My name is Stella, and I'm from Chicago. I don't know. I think something nobody knows about me. I'm pretty open. I'm pretty, I'm pretty openly weird. Um, I talk about everything. Um, I mean, I just, for those that maybe just don't know, like I'm totally a believer and I'm sure you know now after listening to this podcast, just I'm such a big believer in reincarnation and past lives. And um, apparently, I haven't told many people this, apparently in my past lifetime, I tried to reincarnate into um, the female body again. Apparently I've been female most of my lives but I've tried to incarnate uh, into being a man for part of some of my lives because I wanted to, this is what I was told. I wanted to feel what it was like to be, (laughs) to, to have the, the life that a man would, because in certain times, in certain time periods of life, men had it way easier. Um, So I feel like Um, the, the lifetime before this, I didn't make it to term, which I think is super interesting. And I didn't see it as a failure, um, is what this lady said. She said, you tried to come back into the female form and you as a baby didn't make it fully to term, but you didn't see it as a failure. And that was before you came back in this lifetime as who you were. So I thought that was a really interesting story. Um, and now having actually miscarried twice, um, last year I miscarried, uh, two early losses in my pregnancies. Um, it really made me think, um, back to if this, you know, if, if my, whoever, whoever's supposed to come into my life that is a, a, in the child form, I wonder if they will be back. So that's something maybe that nobody knows is, You know, I think about that stuff a lot. And just so all my cards are on the table, I'm going to go ahead and throw this last one out there. There is nothing, nothing more satisfying and more pure rapture, happiness inducing than peeing outside. Stories like these make us feel a little more connected to the world. Like no matter what's happening to you or what you're going through right now or 
how you might feel alone, know that you're not, that we're all in this together and you're going to be okay. What's something that no one knows about you that you would love to share because we would love to hear it. Send us a voicemail clip or an email to behindeverystory at gmail.com. And thank you so much for joining us here on Behind Every Story. If you like what you heard, please consider subscribing on your favorite podcast streaming app or share our podcast with your friends, family, and random people. And if you can, head on over to iTunes to rate us that five-star review and let us know something about you and why you like this show. Be sure to like us and follow us on Facebook at Behind Every Story Podcast to stay up to date on every new episode. And you can always find us at BehindEveryStory.com. Great storytellers make the world a smaller and more intimate place. Thank you. Thank you so much to all the storytellers out there, big and small. You are truly doing a service to this world. And thank you to our guests this week. Brett, Bob, Brandon, Chris, Chris, Daniel, John, Lauren, and Ryan, M, Mark, Marie, Michael, Potato Johnson, Rob, Sarah, Stella, Sean, and Zach. I've been your storyteller, Jason Osterkamp, and it's been a pleasure sitting around the campfire with you. Join us again next time when I ask everyone, what do you want written on your tombstone? We'll see you next time on Behind Every Story.